is the top of the hour. I'm Dana Bash in Washington, where the State of the Union is holding its collective breath. You are watching a special live hour of CNN breaking news coverage, Israel at War. A top Israeli official just told me that more than 600 people are dead and more than 2,000 are injured after Hamas terrorists swept into Israel. Several Americans are reportedly dead, and an Israeli official says dozens of Americans are among the hostages brought back to Gaza. We are talking about hostages who are largely civilians, mothers, fathers, children, grandmothers, sisters, brothers. Now, 36 hours later, Israel has formally declared war and is still battling to clear Hamas terrorists from inside its own borders. Watch this heart-stopping video of a firefight in the middle of a highway. Hundreds of videos are being seen across social media showing the world the horrors of this attack. And in response, Israel is retaliating against Hamas in the form of relentless bombing on Gaza cities. We want to get some perspective now from some Israelis who are living through this terror. Esther Marcus is a resident of a kibbutz located near the Gaza border and joins me now. Uh, Esther, thank you so much for being here. You are currently on a bus with your family, evacuating. Can you describe what you have witnessed in the last 36 hours? Well, it began yesterday, 10 to 6 in the morning, which, uh, as you know, is our Shabbat, our Sabbath, and a religious holiday. Uh, I, the first thing I heard was um, the Iron Dome, uh, which immediately freaked me out because we haven't heard that for a while. And then it was just pandemonium, and within seconds we were told we had to get into the safe room, uh, which obviously we've done many times before that we've had to go into the safe room, but we've only ever gone in and stayed there 10, 15 minutes, maybe an hour or two. But this time we were in that safe room for 26 hours. We went in yesterday, 6 o'clock in the morning. Mm. We were only allowed out this morning at 9 o'clock. And even while we were, it's not just, it wasn't just about being in the safe room. We had to lock all our doors, close our windows, uh, be in darkness. We could only just have a bit of light in our safe room. Uh, and when I say we were in the safe room, uh, I'm talking my husband and I, our married daughter with her husband and two small babies, and my other married son and his daughter. So that's a whole bunch of us in the room. And all we can hear is shooting going on outside, uh, which were the terrorists walking around our houses. And it was just terrifying. Mm. Um, and obviously, we had to keep the babies as quiet as possible, which is a huge challenge. And at the same time, keep ourselves as calm as possible in order not to put our anxiety and stress onto them. And... It just went on and on and on. And at the beginning, we didn't really know what was going on outside of the walls. And then slowly but surely, the news started creeping in. Mm. And as hard as it was for us, I now understand that it's even harder for other people that terrorists actually came into their, physically came into their houses, set fire to their houses. And it was just 
unlawful and unarguable. The terrorists infiltrated and they killed foreign workers mm. uh, whose bodies have still not been moved even because the situation is going on. There isn't even time uh, and it's considered a security hazard to, to move the dead bodies of yeah. these foreign so workers. Esther Esther, I'm, I, I can't even imagine what that was like to be uh, in that safe room for, for more than 24 hours, especially, as you said, with your grandchildren who are babies, and it's not easy to tell babies to be quiet. When you finally did emerge before you got on the bus where you are now, what did you see? So when we came out and we started watching the news, um, it just went from bad to worse. Uh, and it was just all about taking care of ourselves. I also run the hotline for our local resilience centre. I'm in charge of the uh, therapy centre where we've been giving therapy for people, all the residents in the area, families, children, teaching them how to cope uh, when we have rocket attacks and when bad things happen. Mm. So I was constantly getting phone calls as well. Yeah. Um, but the main the main thought was to obviously get the children uh, as far away as possible to get them to safety. Um, and then we started getting organized ourselves. And and when we were supposed to leave, we then couldn't leave because, again, there was scare that there was an infiltration. We had to go back into our safe rooms. Uh, and eventually at uh, 3 o'clock this afternoon, we were able to get on the bus, yeah. which we're still on yeah. now. And everybody's just completely... Freaked out, uh, shaken I, up. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Uh, thank you for sharing uh, this story. Yes, thank goodness that you and your family are safe. Uh, we all wish and hope that you have a safe journey up north. Thank you, thank you. But it, however bad it is for us, it's obviously worse for others. And our prayers yes. are really that all the hostages come home safe and sound. And wow, it's just crazy seeing the rise yes. of death the whole time. It, it truly is for us as you've already expressed, 9-11. And it was actually the day after my birthday. My birthday was the 6th of October, which oh, was no. the Yom Kippur War, and it happened on the 7th. Wow. Forget, but I'm sure we'll get through this as well as we have with everything. Yeah, yes, Israeli, Israelis are very resilient, trip. resilient people, and I appreciate Absolutely. you telling your story. Thank you, thank Esther. Thank you, thank you. Bye-bye.